everybody. You're listening to the Eric D. Fulmer Podcast Show, Episode 8. Wow! Eight episodes in now. And again, I got two more episodes to go. As some of you might know who listened in the past, uh, some of my avid listeners out there. Um, I'm going to do two more episodes, and then I'm going to take about a month and a half off. You know, some fear I might lose some listeners out there or whatever, but uh, I probably already lost some listeners already. <laughs> so what's a few more going to hurt? No. Uh, but in that month and a half, I'm still going to be active. I'm going to be, I'm going to create a YouTube channel. I'm going to put some of the music that I do on this show, uh, some of the little skits. I'm going to try to put those to video, but uh, most likely the music. A lot of times if you listen to the songs that I opened the show with that I wrote, uh, they're usually about a minute long, and so I want to do like little minute clips and uh, with some nice kind of pictures. And so I'm just kind of learning that software. And then I'm going to come back. I'm kind of going to restructure the show and see about you know kind of weigh my options as far as doing it like maybe a 90 minute show every two weeks or you know I don't know. Give me some feedback. What what would you guys like to hear? Uh, maybe I'll try to stop saying the f word so much. I'll stop trying to do the uh and oh so much, you know. Maybe I'll go to some kind of speech school or whatever they call it, you know. How to be a a, a great speaker. Well, you can't be one if you're going to go uh, 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 uh. Ah, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, I got a few things on my mind. Uh, First of all, oh. And I want to get guests. So remember, I keep saying we're going to get some guests. It's just like I figure out the software. And under my nose, this whole time I've been using Soundtrap to record my podcast on. And it's really cool. It's got, you know, you can multi-track. You know, it's just basically like having like a, a recording home studio, home recording studio online. And uh, so I'm going to give them a plug. Check out Soundtrap. You can also use it to record your music. I record most of my music on it. Uh, think about just doing my whole album on it because I have that Reaper studio and I still can't figure out that whole thing and I have a few friends that are going to help me with it but this is so much easier I just plug in I got a microphone I could probably get a better one and I could just mic my amp and, and it sounds pretty decent it sounds pretty good uh, yeah so I'm going to have guests but under my nose this whole time is a button on here that is, gives you the option to interview a guest so all I got to do is click on it I got to send the guest a link into their like either Facebook or email or whatever, and then they have 24 hours to click on it and respond. So obviously I'm not going to wait 24 hours. I'm just going to converse with them a little bit beforehand and say, "Hey, I'm going to send you to this link. You click on it, then you call me." And I guess somehow the phone call comes through. I got to make sure I have headphones on when I do it. And uh, and yeah, and then we could do like a, an interview because there's a, a lot of my friends on Facebook are very talented. I have quite a few talented friends who who actually do things in the industry like I, you know, I have a friend that is a dc comics writer uh, uh musicians who are like on tour and um i've always thought they cool to interview those guys one day you know it's like if i had my own show or if i had my own like little like a, a vlog or a blog or something but um but now i'm doing the podcast thing and uh and now i could do that so that's one of the main things i want to focus on in season two and I might even have a guest before I end this season. So either next episode, uh, nine or ten, I'm gonna have the 
I want to get the guy that writes for DC Comics. I don't want to say his name yet until I get permission and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, he's a. I don't know if he still writes for me. He's, a, he's a, just a brilliant artist overall. He's always sending me these great uh, pieces of work that he does. He does like some digital painting and uh, some regular painting, all that stuff like that. He's got a documentary done on him on, on YouTube. Uh, I'll talk more about him later, as soon as I get some permission. I gotta be respectful in that sense. And uh, but yeah, definitely want to have him on. I might have him as my first guest. Uh, yeah. So who knows, might even be on this episode if I run out of things to talk about. I might just give him a call and say, dude, save me! <laughs> My announcer may or may not ever get a regular name. Definitely not going to use Stefan because that's the guy from Saturday Night Live. He was trying to rip that dude off. He goes, Stefan. And just so you guys know, that's not me doing the announcing. You might think it's me. This is an honest show. I'm trying to run an honest show here. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Bullshit, right? <laughs> I'm in my squeaky chair. I'm in my studio. And uh, I'm just going to talk about life, man. I'm an alcohol and drug counselor. I can't, you know, I'm like a... Kamala Harris, you know, he always says, I used to be a former prosecutor. She says that every time you see her. So every time you hear me, you probably hear me say, I'm an alcoholic drug counselor. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I went and I visited a homeless shelter. Me and my, uh, my colleague, I get to say the word colleague now, you know, eight, nine years ago in my addiction, and when I was on the streets in Van Nuys, had I ever projected the future and thought I'd be one of those guys that says, uh, me and my colleague, I would have been like, bullshit, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> but it happened. I said my colleague. Yeah. Uh, we went and visited a, a homeless shelter, and it, and it really got me thinking about Washington County here in Oregon. I'm in Portland, Oregon. The part I'm in is considered Washington County. Uh, if you go to downtown Portland, I'm not sure what that's considered. Is it Baltimore County? You know, there's so many different little counties and districts and, and little areas and towns. And, and the homeless situation here has just gotten worse. And when I went to this shelter, there wasn't a whole lot of people at the shelter. But what gets me about the shelter and the wonderful woman that runs it, uh, a friend of mine, she does great work. She she pretty much runs these two shelters every year all by herself. She has volunteers, of course, but uh, she's the coordinator. And I, I don't want to get her. I want to interview her, too, so I plan on getting her. When I do that addiction special, that's what I was talking about. So when I'm off that month and a half, I'm going to do the videos. I'm also going to be taping the two-hour addiction special. So it's not like I'm going away for a month and a half. I'm just going to take a month and a half off of doing these episodes so I can do like a one big nice two hour special and some cool stuff in between with YouTube and everything else. And they come back and do a, a second season. So, you know, like Netflix, you know, like you got you got season show, shows that are seasonal and, you know, 10 episodes and you got to wait a whole year for it to come back. But I'm not going to wait a whole year. I'm just going to be doing things in between a month and a half at the most. And uh, and it's going to get crazy at my, 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 my uh, career, my day job as an alcohol drug counselor. Because uh, we're having a recertification this year for our three-year uh, certification, uh, 
<sighs> that's going to be hectic. It's going to be a lot of files and, and uh, have to go through files and make sure all of our I's are crossed and our T's are dotted. Oh, got to make sure that don't happen. <laughs> Back to the homeless shelter uh, here in Washington County. There's two of them. And this wonderful lady uh, who I won't say her name on the air yet because, again, permission, all that stuff, and out of respect. Uh, but you will learn her name soon. Runs these shelters. Awesome person. The frustration in it is that they're only winter shelters. So, in other words, here we are in Portland, Oregon, where it rains pretty much 80% of the year. In other words, it don't just rain from November to March. Severe weather from November to March when this shelter, the only time this shelter is open. And it's only open four days out of the week, which th that's totally bizarre to me. So what are the people that are there supposed to do like on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays? Hey, let's go get nice and warm, get fed, and, you know, from Monday through Thursday. And then let's have a shitty weekend sleeping out in the fucking cold weather in, in the streets in the, in the rain. Yeah. And it's not, and again, it's not the shelter's fault. They can only do so much. They're only, because they run it out of a church, out of the United Church of Christ. There's a couple locations. There's one in Forest Grove and one in Cornelius. I'll try to put up the uh, contacts, the resources here at the end of the show. I'll put it in the show notes, of course, uh, for anybody who's listening to this who might be from my area uh, and you need somewhere to go. This is a great place. So we went there and visited, me and my colleague, uh, with Inner Journey Healing Arts. I'm going to give my place that I uh, work at, that I've been writing, working and writing the place practically for four years. Uh, my bosses, it's kind of weird calling them bosses because they're, they're like family. They're so supportive. And, you know, I've been sticking with these guys for almost four years now, like March, I, think, I believe in March, it'll be four years that I've been with Inner Journey Healing Arts. You know, the, they're not like the LifeWorks and the Codas. We are client-centered. We care about you. You're not a number to us. You're not just a case. You're a human being. And I make sure that I make that clear with everybody that comes through that door that needs help. I say, look, I walked in your shoes, man. Even if you don't have an addiction, let's just say you're a casual drinker, social drinker, you got a DUI, you know, you only drink a couple times a year. You just happen to make a mistake. You still have a problem with alcohol because you got behind the wheel. You made a bad choice. <laughs> but that's the alcohol. You know, they say it impairs your judgment. Of course it does. You could be the most focused, organized individual in the world, but the minute you get a couple of drinks in you, your, your inhibitions go down and, you're, and you just don't make the greatest judgments. You know? So you just got to be able to own that. And, and run with it and, and, and get the help you need or you know if you're court mandated just do do everything that they need you to do play their game pay the fines and just call an uber next time is that how you teach the class <laughs> no we go way more deeper than that but uh my point is that you're an individual and i keep jumping back and forth again about the homeless situation here in washington county and how this winter shelter is only open uh, from November to March and again four days a week and it's not like I said it's not uh, the lady's fault the, the coordinator's fault the, uh, she's awesome and, and I can't say that enough about people who 
do that kind of work, who get in the trenches and just get dirty to help people. And I don't mean dirty and physically dirty, but you know what I mean? It's just, you gotta, you gotta just jump in. Go for it. Like Kobe says, the only thing holds you back, if you, if you, if you want to do something in life, jump in and go for it. You're going to get dirty. You know what I mean? That's what she does. But uh, it's, it's Washington County's fault. It's all this money that they're making off people. They're making pe money off people who are like, you know, a lot of it is penalizing homeless people for like maybe trespassing or, or riding the max without a pass. It's $273. They know they can't pay. Putting them in jail because they're maybe, maybe they're a little intoxicated. Okay. Because they got nowhere else to go. And it's just like, what they need to do, here's what they need to do. And I need to either find a way to get into city council. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, I've been really thinking about this a lot lately. Like running for office. Like finding out how to do it. You know, is there like a running for office for dummies book out there? You know, how does someone like me, if I decide to go go into public service, where do I start? You know, do I, what, how do I, I you know, obviously if, if I Google it, I'll find out. Part of me is kind of scared too, because I'm afraid I'm going to find out and then I'm going to like, maybe not be able to live up to what I find and then let myself down. Ah, jump in and swim, remember? <laughs> but I want to be able to, because there's, there's got to be a voice for these people to find a way to build a shelter that's all year round. How hard can that be? We got like all these buildings. We got abandoned buildings. We got stores. We got like a zillion freaking uh, Vietnamese restaurants and and. and <laughs> Nothing against Vietnamese restaurants. I love Vietnamese food, but I'm saying there's one on every corner. We got a zillion freaking Starbucks. One on every freaking corner. Did you know over here in Tennisborn area where I live, there's a Target? And inside that Target, there's a Starbucks. Across the street, there's a Barnes & Nobles. And inside that Barnes & Nobles, there's a Starbucks. And we're talking literally right across the street from each other. And did you know in the parking lot of Target, right across the little parking area, uh, when you cross over to the, there's like a little tiny road and there's like a Panda Express and right next door to that, guess what? Starbucks. So there's three Starbucks. I mean, and they just keep popping up and there's like all these stores that are like, that could be a shelter. But I guess there's no money in it, right? Is that what it is? How do we make money then? Is there a way that we can uh, make money off helping homeless people? If that's what it takes? Is that what we need to do to get those bureaucrats and those people in the city council or whoever it is? Whoever it is that calls the shots. Maybe I should start doing the research. <laughs> Damn! Too much work. And not enough time. No. I gotta make the time because my idea is to build a shelter. Like if I won the lottery, and I almost did last week. I won 200 bucks on the Powerball. <laughs> I got all five numbers except for that damn. Well, I got five out of six numbers. I think that's what it is. Is it five out of... Yeah. No, there's five numbers. I got four out of five numbers. Which gave me $200 and it was a double play. And all I needed was that one Powerball. I would have had $200,000. Yeah. But that's not, that's not even enough. So 
I asked this uh, my friend at the at the home at the winter shelter. I asked her what does it what would it take to build like a, a for the city to actually build a facility that's all year round. And she said probably donations of at least a few few million few million dollars. And I'm thinking that's it. If I won like the lottery and I you know you always see those people that win like thirty million dollars, forty million dollars. Uh, Someone hit the Powerball, and they got the, you know, they're posing with that big old check, $50 million. God damn, that's all it takes? Where do these people go? What are they doing with the money? If it, if all it took was $2 million, even if I had $50 million, and if it took $40 million to do something like this, I would do that. I'd be happy with a million. Yeah, you say that until you win it. Then you become a totally different person. I am convinced from the bottom of my heart that I would not become a different person. I am convinced because I, I, I rehearsed this in my head over and over for the past, I don't know how many years. I mean, because I was homeless once. And I always said if I ever got rich and, and, and I had the means to do so, I would build a homeless facility that's all year round. But it's not, it's got to be more than a homeless facility, it's got to be a transitional facility, it's got to be a, a, a place. And I do, and I picture it being like a like a giant apartment complex. Like I have, I live in an apartment complex that is huge. I don't know how many units it is. I'm in unit number twenty seven. Don't come knocking on my door. But I'm a, but it's so huge that I can imagine that it probably goes into the four digits. It takes up at least four giant blocks. Um, so and I see empty land here in Portland. You know, out in the country, I'm sure somebody owns that land. Tamron, I'm trying to do a podcast here. Or do you want to share your opinion on what I'm talking about? Huh? Anyway. So, there's all this land. Yeah, and you and I can't imagine, like, just why can't we just purchase a big patch of land and build an apartment complex that's the size of mine that's enough to probably house at least a f maybe 400 homeless people at a time, but make it transitional. So you get six months to live here. Um, job creation, job skills management, alcohol and drug treatment, mental health treatment if needed. Like we have a staff of people, volunteers or people who's maybe w willing to do it with not as much pay as they would normally get. Like me, I would be one of those people. And to get these people prepared to get back out into society and contribute to society. Now, it's going to cost a lot of money. Of course it is. But if you get enough people, let's say there's 10,000 homeless people on the streets right now. And you took about 2,000 of those people, put them in like some housing, training, job training, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then maybe a thousand of those people actually make it into the real world. And you just keep doing that over and over, it's going to pay for itself because the economy is going to just be that much more stronger. Yeah, there's a lot of homeless people that choose to be homeless, I know. And okay, you're not going to get them people then. But we got to try. So if you had a facility that's designed just for that, you know, we have transitional housing, but they're so hard to get into. There's all these rules, all these loopholes, or not loopholes, but hoops you got to jump through. They just got to eliminate all these hoops that the county puts on these places. Even in the the shelter, the winter shelter, there's no hoops to jump through there. 
I even asked, I said, if I'm homeless, what do I got to do to, to come into sleep? Just get here before 12 a.m., I think it is, is when they lock the door. So as long as you're there, you secure a spot, you can come and go as long as you're back in before 9 or something like that. They do have a little bit of a curfew, but that's understandable because they don't want people running in and out all night. But at the same time, it's like the doors are open. Like you, you can go there, you can give a fake name. You don't have to give your real name. You don't do, they don't do any kind of background checks. They do background checks on the people that volunteer and, and work there, which is understandable. But no, but it's, and it's a nice big place, you know, couches, there's TV, there's great looking food. You know, we were there during dinner time and, uh, but yeah, but we rich, we, my point is we went there and we were trying to reach out to people. Uh, again, that night, there wasn't a whole lot, which I guess I can't say that's because, oh, the homeless situation is cured. I just think it was one of those nights where there just wasn't a whole lot of people. There was about maybe 40 people in it. But she says like that all the time. They just, some nights are heavy, some nights are not. Uh, yeah, I'm all clogged up. As you can see, I keep sniffing because I wake up, I record, and I'm all snuffly, and I don't... I think I have allergies, just haven't been diagnosed. All right, back to the topic. So, yeah. So we gotta be able to build some kind of facility. I hear there's stuff like that kind of going on. I hear there's this one kid, I think in San Diego, that just does something like what I was talking about. And, uh, and I guess it's working out really well. So why can't we do that? Why can't we copy the, the, the stuff that's working in other places? Why can't these politicians, these local politicians get their heads together and so what they do is they go on and they put together this big old plan. Uh, it's a, I was looking on, online, it's, it's, it's called the 10 year plan to end homelessness. And it's like a freaking, uh, how many pages is it? It's like 30 pages of major findings, economic and housing factors moving forward. It does, it's just, they put this together, but I don't see no action being taken. It's just they're giving us a bunch of numbers, demographics, and la 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 la. You know, a lot of it too is rent restrictions that they have. Um, if you have a felony, like an assault felony, and you did your time, and you haven't committed a crime, over, you still can't get into an apartment. You know what I mean? So it's like someone who just gets out of prison or jail. They just make it hard. And it's Oregon. Like, I never heard this stuff going on in California. California, there was always somewhere to go if you're homeless. And they got Skid Row going on down there. But, uh, yeah, so I'm heated, as you can tell. I'm amped. <laughs> A lot of it's just for show, man. I'm just kidding. I really do feel it. I, I, I feel it. Uh, in my bones, the need to really find some kind of solution. And I'm going to do it. Uh, that little visit that we had, and I'm going to go back, me and my colleague, we're going to go back. And, and uh, well, actually, what we're planning on doing is when they end in in March, we're going to try to do a drug and alcohol group one night a week during the summertime. Now, I'm not sure if it'll be shelter for the per for people, but it will be a, a group session for people who are on the streets who need somewhere to go that, that, um, that are having problems with addiction. I met three people that night that have addiction issues. We have a couple coming in uh, to check out our facility and hopefully get signed up and all that good stuff. But uh, that's all HIPAA confidential stuff I can't really talk about right now. 
I just burped. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it's kind of a bittersweet, rewarding experience to be able to go and meet with these people and at the same time. And I remind myself of where I was before how I got to where I am today. And I just truly believe that no matter what your situation is, if you want to get out of it, if you want to change, you can do it. You know, you just need, you just need that support. Uh, you don't need tough love. Well, some people do, but, uh, tough love is tricky on how it's applied to some people. Some people think they're giving tough love by putting them down and making them feel like shit, condescending and stuff, and they think that's going to get somebody out of their comfort zone or whatever. When it really doesn't, it backfires. Um, you just got to find that balance. You know, it's it's tricky. Uh, but yeah, so there's got to be a facility. I keep jumping back to this. There's got to be a facility like a transitional housing. Like we have these little transitional houses for people to get out of prison. They, it's a halfway house. Okay, so we need like a something like that. It's an apartment complex, you know. And I and I and I imagine this is probably something that would cost like probably a billion dollars a year. But they seize at least two billion dollars or more a year in drug cartel money. All the drugs that are on the streets here in Washington County and Oregon, the meth. And I hear the cartel is pretty much one of the biggest suppliers of meth here in, in Portland. And meth is pretty pretty rampant around here. And I hear they got a whole new batch coming through that's pretty powerful. So when they seize, and when they bust these drug lords and they seize these millions of dollars in houses and cars and, and just even cold cash, where does that money go? That right there can go towards building this facility. Just like this paradise for homeless people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call it paradiso for homeless people. From homeless to homes. That's going to be the slogan. From homeless to home. Yeah. I just thought of that just now. So this is going to be embedded on out there. And it'll never go away. Homeless to home. That's what it's going to be called. The Homeless to Home Project. Yeah. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> toot my own horn here. Let me toot my own horn. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, yeah, so all that money. And look at this. Also, the lottery. Again, remember I told you I won 200 bucks on the Powerball? I played three bucks, but they got to at least be bringing in at least a billion dollars every year or more. Probably a month to be able to give that kind of money away. $50 million. Where does that money go? Don't tell me it goes on schools like California does. Oh, we're doing a lot for the schools. And then you hear, oh, we're laying off all the teachers or the teachers we do have have to pay for supplies out of their own pocket. Uh, we're cutting programs like art and music and... Bullshit, man. Just keep we just keep paying for these uh, people that are in charge, these higher ups or whatever they're called. We just keep paying for their their Vegas trips and their golf trips and golf games and <sighs> fancy dinners and mansions, and we just keep taking it. We just keep like you know, ah, fuck us again. We like it. Keep fucking us. Yep, we like it. Oh, here's a, here's my money. Take it. Maybe I'll we'll win the Powerball this time. Take my money. Here's a dollar. <laughs> we just keep doing it, and I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. But yeah, 
again, about the, if I won the lottery, I would take that money and get that thing started. I would get that project started. I would find some way to do it. So if you're listening, Publishers Clearinghouse, or all you people that rigged the lottery, <laughs> did I just give you a conspiracy theory? No, but anyway, uh, or the universe. I'm going to ask the universe. I'm the guy you want to give that money to. I'm not going to be that guy that's going to pose with a giant check for $500 million and it just disappear. I'm the guy you want to give that money to because I'm going to put it towards helping people. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the best. Even if I have to spend ninety percent of it, I gotta at least keep ten percent and have some fun a little bit, take some trips or whatever, support the family, and buy a house. Because I know I'll never own a house unless I win the lottery. All the debt I'm in, uh, but yeah, I'd pay off my debt and get a house, and you know. But uh, but the most important thing, like I said, about 90 percent. There you go, switching the numbers. No, ninety percent. If if out of a billion dollars or fucking fifty million dollars, whatever it is, whatever I win, would be dedicated to that, to building that facility, that this this paradise, from home to homeless project, or from home. <laughs> That's probably what it'll end up being if I if it fails. <laughs> it'll be from homeless, home to homeless. Uh, no, homeless to home project. The Homeless to Home Project. I'm setting that in stone right now. This is going to be my, my mission in life. I'm 51 years old. I want to see this happen by the time I'm 55. Before I have to retire. I can't retire at 55. Wait, they keep changing the retirement age. Is it 64 or something like that? Or 50, 57? I don't know. Either way. But I just got to get this thing going, man. I could do a GoFundMe. Wonder how much I could raise. Hey, that's a good idea. Even if I could raise like just enough money to get something started, I don't know. If I get this podcast audience to grow, and then I could, you know, set up a foundation. But and really use the money for that. You know, we keep hearing about these foundations. I mean, there's probably like a zillion people donated to the homeless uh, project. I I know I donate to a few things. I, I, you know, I definitely do the thing where you when you order food delivered, like Grubhub. Uh, all your spare change goes towards feeding a child, you know, so, you know, like last night I did 98 cents, you know, and I guess that adds up, you know, there's a lot of people ordering food and it adds up. I hope that's what they're really using the money for. But like I said, I, I would be genuine, I'm genuine when I say this and I will be transparent to the fullest. I mean, I'll let you, I'll put a damn GoPro in my bank account if I have to, to see where the, and you can watch like where the money's going, if it's being spent on stupid shit or not, you know, because it's not going to be spent on stupid shit. It's going to be spent on this mission of building this project. I got to get started on it, right? I'm just all, put, I got to put my money where my mouth is. All talk, no action, right? No. But, and if I can't do it alone, maybe someone out there who's listening to this who, is maybe a billionaire or a millionaire, you know, maybe just flipping through podcasts and then here's this part and he's got like a billion dollars on him. He's like, hey, okay, I think I could, maybe I could help out. Dude, come on, man, woman, man, woman, whatever, whoever's a billionaire out there, come on, let's get this thing rolling. If we could set an example, even if we did it here in Washington County or in Portland alone and, and, and made some kind of a difference, like a nice dent of a difference, it would just, it would spread like cancer. Not to use cancer as a 
metaphor because fuck cancer, you know. But uh, you know what I mean. It would just, it would be infectious. That's the word I'm looking for. All right, and um, it might not solve the problem in its entirety. We can't expect it to be like an overnight boom. Homelessness is cured. Everyone's happy. No, but we got to start somewhere. And I see they're they're trying, but it's just not enough. You know what I mean? I truly believe. Let's imagine there's a big pot of a billion dollars that's set just for the homeless situation. I truly believe what we got going on now is they're dipping into that shit and using it for other stuff. Road construction. I mean, there's a road construction every freaking day in this fucking city. <laughs> It's like when they're done with one place, they go to another place. And they want to say it's from our tax dollars. It could be. But I bet it's all fucking donated money, too. There's so many schools. I bet all the money goes to all the schools. Everybody's in college here, it seems like. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm thinking there's like, let's imagine this big old giant pot of a billion dollars just sitting there that's supposed to be meant for, like, helping the homeless situation because they have that 10-year plan, remember? Okay. And it started in 2018. We're two years into it. Um, but the numbers have risen. From last year to this year, uh, look at the stats, uh, the numbers have risen as far as the homeless situation. And all the stuff they have, that plan, there really was a whole lot um, implemented. You know? Moving forward in 2018, strategic investments to leverage our resources. One, they got stabilized. Severely rent burdened households by renewing $150,000 in city general fund to serve low income households that pay more than 50% monthly income to rent. Yeah, that's a start. But are they going to do that? Like, I haven't seen that. This is, this is just their plan. But, you know, go online and uh, look up Washington County and the homeless. Uh, 10 year plan and you'll see what I'm what I'm reading. I'm not a good reader. I mean I could read, but to try to read it online is just like ah <laughs> I just make it sound worse. But yeah. I'm gonna take a break. Can't believe I ranted on this for over a half hour. That's a good thing, you know. Um uh, you know where my heart's at, where my mind's at on this subject. I've been there, I was homeless, sleeping in a parking lot. Before I moved here to Portland and uh, sleeping in parks, and a lot of that was I was part of it was by choice, part of it because I was drinking a lot and just didn't have anywhere to go, and I just you know, and I was always too inebriated to go try to find any kind of resources. There was probably a lot of resources, but I was just too inebriated to go try to find them, and that's where a lot of these people are probably at in their life right now. So it takes someone to just kind of give them a little nudge and say, "Hey, look over here," you know. Uh, over here we can help you we got a place for you man we got a shower if you give people a shower and some nice new clothes just one individual and find out where they're at what they like to do what what was their, no, their job in the past uh, what are they skilled at and find them a job you know pay the rent for at least the first three or four months if we just had that money and that foundation to pay someone's rent for two to three months until they can save up enough money to start paying the rent at, moving forward and stay in that same place. Uh, yeah, that's what we need. We need that facility to be able to do that for people. It's a transitional 
from homeless to home project will be transitional and we just keep rotating, you know, and if someone gets out there to do really well, they, maybe they fall off and fall back, you know, they lose their job or something happens. They can come back through the thing and get retooled up and get back out there and start winning again. You know what I mean? That's the plan. We're 38 minutes into the show. I'm going to take a break and I promise we'll come back and talk about something else. Uh, maybe some music, some new music that's coming out. I'm excited about. And so, yeah, you're listening to the Eric D former podcast show. And I'm going to be back in two and two. Oh, and trust me, she can go all night. Hi, I'm Joseph Matrix from The Mayhem Show, and I'm here to tell you, you need Will-O-Wisp Special Sauce. It's the sauce that goes straight to your loins, so you can fuck all night. Hey, I'm Nathan. Man, I hit that pussy all night. Hey, this is Charles. I fucked his mom with Nathan. I'm the guy from the Burger King drive-thru. I hit that. I'm just a dog, and I fucked her too. If you like to experience JR's mom like we all did, then you're going to need Will-O-Wiss Secret Sauce. Order now. Okay, maybe it wasn't a full two minutes. I'm always lying to you people. I'm so sorry. I even said I was going to try to cut down on my F-word usage. If you're trying to wonder what word I'm talking about, the F word, fuck. I think I had a discussion a while back. I think shouldn't they just put it in the dictionary as part of a passing word, like a word that like uh, you know, it's like that's fucking cool, dude. Like you're not saying nothing derogatory. You're not putting anybody down. You're not you're not being nasty. You're just saying that's fucking cool, man. Like it's just part of the sentence. It's like a word in between words, you know, as opposed to like. Fuck you, man. Fuck off, bastard. And all that shit. <laughs> I don't want to go through that again. We talked about that last time. Or did we? Who knows? Talk about music. I'm excited about some new music coming out, you know? Um, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. I can't say that enough. That's coming this month. At the end of the month, I should be getting that record in the mail. That vinyl. Vinyl. And then also a new Miracle, Amelie Braun, her band Miracle, M-Y-R-K-U-R, if I'm not saying it right. That's how you spell it. Folklinge. I'm probably saying that wrong too. It's like a folk album, so it's called Folklinge or Folklinge. <laughs> That's coming in March. But damn, uh, I discovered it. Well, I didn't discover this new band. They're not new band. They're not a new band. I did not just discover them. I've heard of them for years. They're called Catatonia. Catatonia. I'm really bad at pronouncing bands' names. Can't they just be called like the Cars or the Beatles? <laughs> what happened in the good old days when bands were just called Tool <laughs> or Clutch? You know, one word. No. Um, it's band Catatonia. It starts with, uh, spelled K A T O N I A. Great band, man. I haven't listened to them like in a long time. I discovered them back in like in the '90s on one of those compilation albums. Uh, forgot what label put it out, but anyway, it was like a bunch of different like uh, gothic metal bands, bands from Sweden. All the bands from Sweden. There's something about Sweden. 
whether you're a pop band or a metal band or even a rap band or a hip-hop group or whatever, they just write good music. Like, there's something in that water there that they're drinking or, or there's something in the air that just allows people to... Like, I don't know, people probably just wake up and they just have a great melody in their head and they play it. Like, oh, I think ABBA's from Sweden. Like, all those, like, Sweden, Finland, uh, Switzerland, all those, like, little countries, the, the Netherlands, they're just all so, like, talented at writing melodies. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, God, I'm jealous. It's born in freaking United States, South Dakota. I only lived there for like one year when I was a one-year-old baby. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to my lovely sisters, if they're listening to my podcast. Shay, Larcy, Cassie. Yeah, I love you. We got to talk more. We got to, uh, you know, we got to interact more. I, I so I, I promised to make a Facebook uh, group about our dad. Um, they knew him more. Well, obviously they were, they're they're my half sister. So after my mom divorced my father when I was about one or two years old, then you know he went on and married a, a lovely lady by the name of Rita. She's a met her a few times in person and wonderful woman. Um, yeah, my dad had good tastes. Um, but yeah, I promised to make a Facebook uh, group uh, honoring our dad, and I just haven't had a chance to do that. I mean, as I, could, I was going to compile pictures, I wrote some music, that song Life that was in the episode uh, three, maybe at the beginning of, ep- or maybe it was in the beginning of episode two. Um, I wrote that music to a poem by Juanita Hale Shear. Um, and then because of the poem called Life, it just reminded me of my dad. And I said, I got to put some music to that. And I put it like, you know, just create a little melody. And I thought it was a good melody, man. But like I said, these melodies, melodies, I'm big on melody when it comes to music. Melody. Like, you know, like it's, it's the heart of what the song is. And, you know, that's why I like bands like London Suede, uh, The Cure, uh, you know, and Richie Blackmore. He's always been my number one for just creating beautiful melodies, uh, you know, in, in even just like rock music, you know, um, headbanging rock, deep purple music. Well, I like his stuff with Rainbow most, you know, but I like deep purple too, but I discovered Richie Blackmore through listening to Rainbow and uh, I didn't really know anything much about deep purple for a lot of years until like maybe past five years, I started getting into him and then going back and listening to all the old deep purple stuff and and I even like Deep Purple with Steve Morse on guitar. He's, he's, he's a brilliant guitar player. He doesn't get enough respect out there. Um, but yeah, so just melody. Uh, like I said, from Sweden, Norway, all those places. It's just, they just know how to write good good sounding music. But back to that band, Catatonia, who has a new album coming out called uh, City Burials. City Burials. Burials. City Burials. B-U-R-I-A-L-S. <laughs> Why do I always got to spell words out because I can't pronounce them right? Guy, you think I'm from another freaking country? Uh, Catatonia, K A T A, T K A T A T O, N I A. Damn, we're gonna fucking use up the whole show time just spelling words out. Anyway, Catatonia, the the song is called La Cur. It's the first single off the album coming out, and I pre-ordered this album. It's not coming out until April 24th, but the album's called City Burials, and here's a little sample.
listen to that. That little run right Yeah, but so I haven't listened. Like I said, I haven't listened to them in like a long time, and uh, and I remember liking them way back in the you know when when I heard them back in the nineties, maybe late nineties, and uh, so I'm gonna so I'm going back and sort of listen to all the albums that I missed over the years. You know, yeah, it's one of those bands I I always liked. I just kind of forgot about them over the years. You know, going through all the stuff I went through. Um, but yeah, Catatonia new album coming out, and uh, it just re re uh, energized my love for that band. And I am going to get some more of their records. Maybe I'll go to the record store this weekend. Second Avenue Records in downtown Portland. I'm going to give them a plug because they got all the cool records and they got all kinds of genres. And it's just an old gritty, looks like an, uh, the kind of record store you just want to live in. You know, that's got that smell, that, that old musty record smell and T-shirts hanging off the walls and <laughs> hanging off the ceilings and hanging on the walls. And they got a Bark at the Moon T-shirt I want to get there, but they just didn't have my size. Ozzy Osbourne Bark at the Moon t-shirt. I gotta have it. I was trying to find one online, but shit, they only got like 2X. I like the 3X. Because I gotta lose some weight, you know? Um, Yeah. So, I don't even get back into the diet thing, man. So, I won't won't talk about that again. I've been talking about that too much. Uh, What else is coming out new music that I am excited for? Ooh, Testament. Yeah, I just saw their new video. It was a lyric video that came out for their album coming out called Titans of Creation out on April 3rd. Testament. How many of you guys remember Testament? Know who Testament is? One of my favorite uh, thrash metal bands from the 80s, late 80s, or mid-80s maybe. (laughs) When that first album, Over the Wall, came out and shit. Fuck yeah, that was badass shit. Chuck Billy on vocals. He's still sounding great. This new album sounds kind of reminds me of like that old Over the Wall sound, you know? This song is called Night of the Witch. Check it out. New Testament. You know, I wish would come out with some new stuff is Richie Blackmore. Um, again, my all-time favorite guitar player. Um, they put out some new Rainbow music recently. It was maybe last year, a couple years ago. It sounded okay. It was, uh, you know, they he put the the band back together and went out on tour. And uh, he had the singer Ro, uh, Romero on vocals. I'm not sure what his first name is. Or Robbie Romero, I think his name is. Uh Hispanic guy, but fucking great voice. I mean, he's got that Dio, Jolyn Turner. It's, like, it's almost like if Jolyn Turner and Dio got together and, and, and some kind of mad scientist spliced their, their vocal cords together, and then you had Dio Lynn Turner. <laughs> uh, that's what he, he kind of reminds me because he hits all of those those dynamics of, of every dynamic or every era of Rainbow. He hits it, you know, except for the Grand Bottom era. I mean, I love Grand Bottom. Oh, he's on another one of my favorite vocalist that dude is just and he's still sounding great uh, i think he's like 70 years old now but shit he always looked cool he always had that like used car salesman kind of look to him you know those the, the glasses or the shades and like the funky looking suit he kind of always reminded me of uh, the guy that plays uh in breaking bad you know walt walter white <laughs> like he was like the walter white before walter white you know uh, yeah but uh grand bottom 
another great vocalist. So Richie Blackmore, I would like to see some new music from him. Maybe even from Blackmore's Night. That's some good stuff. I like when he... He's one of those guitar players, man. You especially when nowadays you don't really hardly hear him play any leads or, or rock guitar. But then when he does play it, I mean, he's a little slower than he used to be. But it's just his tone and just that, that vibrato. I mean, that, that Richie Blackmore vibrato. Let me see if I can find a little clip of what I'm talking about. Yeah, right here. Hold on a second. From the song "Lazy." So I'm talking about but this solo, the, the guitar solo in Man of the Silver Mountain, sung by Dio, who is another. I was thinking about doing like a tribute to Ronnie Dio on my next episode, just like you know, like maybe take up a good 20 minutes to half hour just talking about Dio and, and uh, just the impact he's had on me as a musician and as just a fan of that of metal music and rock music and just his entire career i mean he goes from i discovered not too long maybe four or five years ago i went on youtube and found it that he actually used to have like a bebop band in the late 50s maybe early 60s called ronnie and the prophets and of course the prophets like you know okay that's ronnie james doing he's doing that shit way back in in the beaver cleaver days <laughs> talking about prophets and dragons and wizards you know he's got all his his hair short and slick you know he just looks like a one of those uh, doo-wop uh, that's why when i say bebop i said oh yeah doo-wop bands you know like the but yeah, uh, Ronnie and the Prophets. There's Ronnie and the Red Caps, and then I think later on he did Ronnie and the Prophets, and that was before he went to Elf, and then uh, from Elf to Rainbow, and then from Rainbow to Black Sabbath, and then Solo. And, but yeah, it's just amazing, uh, amazing vocalist. Even up until he was on his pretty much last limb with cancer, he was still belting out those vocals, man, on stage with Heaven and Hell, the collaboration between him and Tony Omi. Um, the pretty much Black Sabbath with Dio. They just couldn't call themselves Black Sabbath at the time because of Ozzy Osbourne, I think, was going to sue him or something. I don't know what the deal was with that. It's weird. They, they kick Ozzy out of the band, and then he's going to sue him for using their name. I don't know. It was, I have to, <laughs> we have to look up that history and see what how that all came about. That's, that's got to be awkward. Anyway, um, so Man on the Silver Mountain, that's like that guitar solo. Every time it's, uh, every time I hear it, it's just, it, it makes my eyes water. There's a certain guitar solos by every by certain uh, guitarists that to this day, when I hear it, I'm just, I get chills and I get like, okay, like the guitar solo in Wasted Years from Iron Maiden. No matter, I mean, it could be 10 years from now. Like I said, it's been ever since I've ever heard it. And when that, when that solo comes on, man, I'm like a loss for words. <laughs> Man, he did that shit live. Uh, no way, he didn't do it live at the last time I saw him. They didn't do Wasted Years when I saw him in Portland. I was hoping they would, but uh, nah. But still, Adrian Smith is one of my favorite guitar players, too. Yeah, so we go from new music from Catatonia to new music from Testament to talking about Richie Blackmore in the hopes that he put something new out. What else is out there? What are you listening to? What should I... Uh, give me some suggestions, you know? Like, uh, maybe next show we'll talk some more music and uh, turn me on to some new music, you know? You can find me on Facebook. I'm not I'm not hiding anywhere. Uh, you could always email me at e.deefulmer, F-U-L-L-M-E-R. That's e.deefulmer at yahoo.com. Uh, that's my email. It's, and it's always in my bio. 
and it should be in my description. And um, try to shoot me a review on Podchaser. I know they've been having technical issues. I've had a few people tell me that they couldn't leave reviews, and I got with the Podchaser people, and they're saying that they can't figure out what's going on or why that's the issue. So I don't know. I think it might be because I have two different accounts, and because I had one for my political dumbass podcast with my brother. Um, yeah, so I don't know. But anyways, just find a way to reach out to me and uh, give me some suggestions of what to talk about. I want to, you know, I'll give you a shout out too. Um, political dumbass, we're doing that kind of bi-weekly now because my brother's working on some other projects right now. Uh, he's got the gothic side of life. I think he's putting that together and he's getting doing really well on Twitter with that. Um, but yeah, politicaldumbass.com is still alive and active. It's just, we're just on a little bit of a two week. We're, we're actually taking a couple weeks off this time. We're going to resume on Friday. Uh, this functional doll is closing its de- uh, doors, or I guess you could say if it's it's it's, a, it's an online store, so I can't say they're closing the doors. But yeah, my brother, unfortunately, is shutting the business down. Uh, he's just taking a break, and uh, you know, I, I have full confidence he's going to bounce back up with something new in a, in a year or so. Um, he's really going full blast with this podcast thing, and uh, he wants to try to take that to the next level. And if anyone can do it, I know he can. He's already shown some major improvements just by getting on Twitter. Like, you know, it took him forever to get on social media. I'm always like, you do, you got to get on social media. He's like, ah, man, I don't want to have to do that. But he's getting on it and he's, he's making it, he's making it happen. You know, it's like he, he always, he's, he's always been resilient in that way, you know. Um, so, yeah. So, dysfunctionaldoll.com, you know, by the time this airs, I think the store will be closed because it's closing today. I'm taping this on Friday right now, Friday the 7th. Um, but, yeah. But you can, uh, like I said, politicaldumbass.com. Reach out at e.deefulmer, F-U-L-L-M-E-R, at yahoo.com. You can catch me there. Uh, like I said, I'm on iTunes now and all that good stuff and all the other places where you listen to podcasts. Um, you know, two more episodes, and I'm going to take a little break, too, because my my uh, career as an alcohol and drug counselor, we're going to be pretty hectic and uh, up to our ears and trying to get stuff together because we got our recertification audit coming up in March and uh so we got a lot of uh T's to cross and I's to dot or I's to cross and T's to dot is <laughs> what'll probably end up happening. Uh but yeah it's always kind of a hectic time when this time comes around. Like I remember three years ago it was pretty hectic. So it's gonna be hectic even more. So I'm gonna just take this little bit of a breather off and I'm gonna still work on that addiction recovery special and have that up in between the month and a half that I'm off. I'm doing this show I'll try to, like I said, I'm going to work on some little videos. I'm still going to be active. It's still going to be the Eric D. Former podcast show in your face on social media, sharing, whining if I don't get enough likes or, or responses. You hear me, uh, why is it nobody listening to my show? Everyone else is listening to it from uh, all these other countries. <laughs> I don't need you, Facebook. I don't need all of you. <laughs> no. <coughs> Damn. Where'd that come from? Anyway. Um, we're almost an hour into it. Um, I promised to make the next show a little bit more fun. I know I went off on a little bit of a rant earlier, but it, I feel I had to get that off my chest about the homeless situation. When will it end? Never. Well, it can be improved, though. We just got to uh, get things rolling, you know. You know, the red states, man, they're actually doing better with their homeless situation than the blue states. Um, I voted for a, re- a Republican governor here in Oregon because I thought, well, that's probably best way to take care of this homeless situation but unfortunately he lost and we got kate brown and shit's even worse so anyway that's on that's on another show okay i gotta get out of here um 
And then uh, I don't know what else to do after that. Yeah. <laughs> I got Tourette's syndrome, right? I got like always, I'll be talking. I was like, yeah, <laughs> is that Tourette's syndrome? Again, I got probably all these conditions I've not even been diagnosed with. You know, just too, I'm too lazy to go to a psych doctor or whatever they call it. Psychologists. No. <laughs> maybe that's the, maybe that's my problem. I'm overthinking shit too much. Anyway, till next time, I'm going to leave you with a little ditty and then end it and go out the way I always go out, you know, into the sunset and rise again. Tomorrow's a brand new day when you guys wake up in the morning. Uh, ask yourself how you're feeling and take that day on, you know. We're not promised tomorrow, but should you get tomorrow, make sure you make it happen. All right? Be well, everybody. Be kind to each other, to yourselves. And more important, love your parents. Unless your parents are shitty-ass parents and they're abusing you or some bullshit. Then send them to hell. Or make sure you reach out and get help if you can. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.